Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the final word. Good evening, I'm Albie Oxenrider, and as of this moment, I have not entered the transfer portal. Welcome to the post-NFL draft and pre-Stanley Cup playoff edition of the final word. This, of course, is the show that invites you into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV right here every Sunday night. And without further ado, let's introduce tonight's three panelists. Please welcome... Mr. Tim Benz, he's for our Trib partner and also from uh, Steelers Radio. Hi, Tim. Albie, I've got my stripped district Steelers t-shirt ready to go. I'm trademarking it right now. Pick it to Pickens, the picks six. Ah, okay. Former Pitt defensive back and former NFL GM Doug Whaley's here. Hi, Doug. Hi, Albie. All I got to say is hail to Pitt. And here we go, Steelers. All right. From our partners from DK Pittsburgh Sports, it's Chris Carter. It was a crazy weekend. You go from celebrating Kenny Pickett one moment if you're a Pitt fan to the very next day feeling turmoil about Jordan Addison. But either way, you got to feel strong about the program. All right. Some of the topics we're talking about tonight. We're looking for five words. Your confidence in the Steelers this season after the draft. What was the most surprising thing for you out of this year's Steelers draft? What do the Steelers still need? How do the Penguins shape up against the Rangers in round one? Plus, your final word on sports. But first, the night's big topic. Is Kenny Pickett going to be a franchise quarterback for the Steelers, Tim? He's going to be their franchise quarterback. I think the parallels that people are drawing for him have been accurate. I think it's fairly reasonable to paint him as uh, a car, a Hasselback, a Dalton. And that's not bad. That's pretty good. I mean, Matt Hasselbeck was a Willie Parker 70-yard run and an Antoine Randall L touchdown pass from winning the Super Bowl. You know, if Kenny Pickett can be that and they can build this team around him the right way, I think he can be that kind of quarterback and better eventually if he's got a better team around him. But I don't think that's going to be in 2022. Doug? Absolutely. If you look at his skill set, he's got anticipation. He's got mobility, which is needed in the NFL today. He's got played in a pro-style offense, and he's got awareness. You add to the fact that, to me, the best part about him, he bet on himself. He could have came out last year and been a fifth-round pick. He's coming out this year, took his team to an ACC championship and the Peach Bowl. Failure's not an option with this guy. You add to the fact that, like Tim said, they got some of people around him like Najee, like Claypool, like Deontay Johnson, Pickens. So when you have weapons around him, he can be your t starting quarterback for years to come. Chris? 
I look at Kenny Pickett as a guy that has the tools that you need. He's accurate. He's, he's mobile. He reads the field very well, and he's got that leadership quality. Everyone saw that at the University of Pittsburgh. Where you're going to be questioning is, can he, is he going to be a guy, a guy like Roethlisberger? Whenever Roethlisberger's deals were coming up, it was just always about how you're going to renew him, how much is his new contract going to be. But when you're talking about the Derek Carrs, the Tim Hasselbeck, the Kirk Cousins, a lot of times teams are wondering, eh, do we want to commit heavily to him financially? For the next four or five years, Kenny Pickett will be the next franchise quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But at the end of that deal, that's what's going to be asked. How much of a franchise quarterback? Does he get the super quarterback money that we're seeing a lot of quarterbacks get around the league? Or does he get paid a modest amount that allows them to keep a really talented roster around him? We'll find out as the years go on. Hey, Chris, for the record, I was going Matt Hasselbeck, not Tim. Just, oh, just, my bad. You're so, right. I said, don't pay me in that corner, all right? Me, I, I, I wanted to be direct with which Hasselbeck <laughs> I was talking about here. All right. A reminder, keep those comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on your confidence in the Steelers this season after the draft. All right. I can't wait for training camp. That comes from Twitter. Also on Twitter, offense that should finally move. And finally from Facebook, Brian says, eight or nine wins tops. Now to Tim, Doug, Chris. Five words, your confidence in the Steelers this season after the draft. Tim, you're first. I'm going to lean towards what that last guy just tweeted. Similar record to last year, which would be about eight or nine wins. And that's not all that bad, seeing as how you're going from a Hall of Fame quarterback to a quarterback in Mitch Trubisky, who was a backup last year, or a rookie. And yes, I know he's going to be a 24-year-old rookie, but he's still a rookie, and there's going to be a learning curve. Let's not confuse that. The learning curve for Kenny Pickett might be not as steep as it would have been for certainly Malik Willis or some of the other quarterback names that you heard going into this draft, but it still does exist. So I'm thinking about eight or nine wins for next year. Doug, five words. Depth cannot be tested. I'm really worried about the quality of depth, especially at positions like offensive tackle, at running back, outside linebacker, corner, and safety. This year, it is imperative Coach Tomlin, the performance staff, and the medical staff get together and formulate a plan during camp and in season to keep these guys as healthy as possible. All right, Chris. Still compete in the North. Uh, the thing is, is Tim's right. I think they'll hover around that 500 range. I think that they'll probably still finish above 500, but I, I think a lot of this will depend on how does the division play out. I think Baltimore's going to come back as a strong player. I'm not so sold on the Bengals coming back and just dominating the AFC, AFC again. I think that they're going to experience some bumps and sort of, okay, now you're the top dog. Everyone's hunting for you every week. It's going to be tough. We still don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. I think that last year, the Steelers, they managed to come within a half game of first place in the AFC North, and that was with a Hobbled Ben Roethlisberger, who was not nearly at the best. If they have a decent quarterback play from, from whoever's their starter, and that defense does improve, they're more healthy. We'll see about Stephon it. We'll see if Bush and Jack can be big, big, uh, big pluses at the linebacker position. All of those things can lead to them being a better team, but I don't think in a great manner, more marginally so. And I love those first four Raven picks, Chris. They, oh, they, they you, crushed mate. it. I know people want them to get a wide receiver, but I love those first four man, picks. When they, when they took Travis Jones, I was like, ooh, that was the one that everybody wanted. And they got Kyle Hamilton and Ohio. Man, they, the, the Ravens crushed this draft. But, hey, the Ravens and the Steelers both talk about they, they want to draft like each other. All right. Thanks, guys. When we come back, what was the most surprising thing for you out of this year's Steelers draft? Johnny on Facebook says, no offensive lineman. Who's blocking for our offense? The final word. We'll be back right after this. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the final word. Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrider. Tonight with the one and only Tim Benz, the one and only Doug Whaley, and the one and only Chris Carter. How about this team? What was the most – we have – They hey, come on. We don't, we, draft or not, we're fine, yeah. right? What was the most surprising thing you got out of this year's draft? Chris, uh, you're first with this one. You know, I, I really – I like the idea of DeMarvin Leal as a defensive lineman for the Steelers. He's a tweener. He lined up the majority of his time in, the, in this past season either over the offensive tackle or outside of him play, basically being more of an edge than an interior defensive lineman. And the question has been – Where's Stephon Tewitt? Is he coming back this season? Something tells me the fact that they passed over Travis Jones in the second round. I know they like George Pickens, but if they had a really good feeling that, that Tewitt wouldn't be back, you would have seen them be a little bit more aggressive to find a true interior defender on the defensive line. Leal's more of an edge rusher slash interior guy who's going to be more of a tweener and isn't as strong against the run. That's where I was a little surprised, but hey, maybe that does mean they know something about Stephon Tewitt we don't. All right, good point from Twitter. Malik Willis not being drafted until the third round. Tim, you're next. That's where I'm going to go with it. Uh, I'm going to go global here and talk about the league that surprised me. It was the tumbling of the quarterbacks, especially after all the stuff that we heard towards the end of the week leading up to the draft, which was, hey, the Lions might go with Willis at two to back up Goff, you know, and Kenny Pickett might go six to the Panthers. Mm -hmm. To see not only Pickett as the only quarterback on the board at 20, yes, that surprised me when the Steelers took him. And then the whole way through to the next round before the next guy went, that really did shock me. Well, that's tumbling in media's eyes. That's not tumbling in the 32 teams that do scouting for a living and are definitely held accountable for what they think. So. I don't know if that's a tumble. I think it was maybe an overstatement by the media. Okay, so did the Steelers misread the situation then, Doug, do you think? Did, should they have moved back? Uh, did they just have Kenny Pickett that much higher than every other quarterback? I believe they've had him higher, and when you're talking about a quarterback in the first round, if that's who you believe in, you take well, him. Well, that you part I believe with. I don't, I don't think you trade back. If you really want that guy, it doesn't matter what the rest of the league thinks. Get him when you can get him, and in fact, if you go back to what Houston said, Nick Casario at his press conference after their pick, they were talking about trading back to 20 to get the Steelers so they could move back and the Steelers would move up in all likelihood then to get Pickett. All right, thanks. But the work to fill those holes is not done. Doug, uh, you touched on this briefly. Uh, what do the Steelers still need to do? Cool. They, they need depth and competition at the safety position and corner position. You think about it, basically, Edmonds and Fitzpatrick are playing on one-year deals. At the corner position, you have Wallace and Sutton, two-year deals, and you have Witherspoon. You hope that he can be a productive starter for 18 games, but you're not sure. If any injury happens in the secondary, you are stuck. So to me, and I said it before, injuries will derail the Steelers' season more than anything else out there that we can think of. All right, back to Facebook. Uh, how about an offensive line? And to Chris we go. 
I would scratch safety off my position because they got they, they reportedly got Demonte KZ, KZ uh, a, a good safety who, who's able to play deep, able to help in the slot, can hit, has some tackling issues if you look at his tackle percentages, but he also has really good ball skills. He's amassed, I think, 12 interceptions over five years in the NFL, a good piece to place in with Terrell Edmonds. And when you throw, when you throw him in with Edmonds and Fitzpatrick and Killebrew and Norwood, I think they're a little bit more settled there. But, Doug, you pointed this out pre-draft. They need a corner. And, I, and like, they needed a, a CB1. They have a lot of CB2s in Akella Witherspoon, Levi Wallace, Cam Sutton, but no definitive guy who's proven to be a CB1. Joe Hayden's still out there. I know that he's past his prime, but he's at least a leader and a veteran that you know you could bring in the locker room and he can add to it. So those, I think corners won, and also they need a number two running back behind well, Najee yeah, Harris. That's, that's somewhere where I wanted to go yeah. too, Albie. I, I agree with these guys on corner. I also would say offensive tackle. Uh, I wouldn't have minded them seeing draft a developmental tackle to push more or Chooks core for. But man, were they fortunate that they got, what was it, 387 touches or something like that out of Najee Harris? and he barely had a nick or ding on his body until the very, very end of the season. Mm -hmm. And they don't really have another option, again, besides Benny Snell, who's their top backup running back. But Chris, Hayden can't be your CB1. He can't run. How are you, are you going to put him against Jamar Chase? I mean, well, come on. I, I would I would say this. Joe Hayden showed he's a, he's able to adapt to different situations. You saw he made one of the biggest plays of the year last year when he was able to shut it down on the Titans when they were, when they needed to convert a fourth down and he made the tackle just short. Yeah. I agree. He's not going to lock down Jamar Chase, but he is a guy who's going to be able to put himself in the best position to be able to compete and handle those situations and communicate. That's what I think they need. You're going to have to scheme his production is what you're telling I, me. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Or whoever they get instead of him, but I think this is a good point about what the Steelers are doing right now they are now drafting to fill immediate holes they are not drafting to bring in quality depth to push quality starters anymore all right let's switch gears a little bit with the Stanley Cup playoffs starting this week let's talk about the Penguins the Pens first round series starts Tuesday night at Madison Square Garden Tim how do the Penguins shape up against the Rangers in round one of the playoffs not well. I think the Rangers have the edge in net. I think the Rangers have the edge when it comes to team speed. I think this is a series that could end very quickly, and that could mean a sudden end, even though it's been 16 years in the making, what will feel like a sudden end to an era that we've become very comfortable with here in Pittsburgh, because I don't know if we're going to see Latang, Malkin, and Brian Russ back with Sidney Crosby next year. All right. Back to Twitter. Not great if Jari doesn't play. Doug, your thoughts? With the Pens limping in the playoffs without Jari, to me it comes down to the Holy Trinity. Latang, Crosby, and Malkin. All the pressure's on the Rangers, and the NHL playoffs are the most physically and mentally demanding playoffs of any sports. So these guys, the Pens theme song should be from Dua Lipa, Levitate. Though that Trinity has to play big at big time situations and levitate everybody else on that ice and make them play at a star standard and when it comes down to it Crosby can't have two points in six games like he did last playoff series against the Islanders biggest surprise of the draft is a music reference by Doug Whaley. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, you're next. Uh, just sort of along the lines of what they're talking about, the Rangers have had the, the, the upside on this. They're going to be better at the, at the goalie position. They're gonna, they've been a tough team to face. And, and it, it, Tim's right. This would be a crazy time to think about it. But if, if this is the end, you know, you've had this long run with these guys, you're hoping that maybe they can muster some magic. One thing I always say is you don't doubt the hearts of champions. They've been able to fight through tough spots before, but this just seems like everything's up against them with Jari's situation. It'd be a 
tough thing to see the Penguins overcome. But, hey, if they did, it'd be another notch in the belt, and it would be the thing that could propel them and help them have a great playoff run. Forget just four goals in four games against the Rangers this year, Albie. they got to do better than averaging 25 shots per game against those guys. Got to test your Sturk and more than that. All right, it starts on Tuesday night. When we come back, we're going to go around the horn on any topic. The final word is next. Welcome back. It is time now for the final word. Everybody gets a chance. Chris Carter, you're first. The NFL draft was really important to talk about. The Stanley Cup playoffs are very important to talk about, but we got to talk about pit football and the Jordan Addison situation. We still don't know, as the time of, the, of us recording this, and by the end of this show, the deadline at 11.59 p.m. tonight, the transfer portal uh, is, is deadline is over, which means we should know by then if Jordan Addison is indeed living, li are leaving for USC with all the money questions that are going on. But forget about all of that. I think the biggest thing that, that I've taken out of this whole weekend is seeing how Pitt has responded. There were rumors that other players like Elijah Kansi and Brandon Hill were also being, being given offers to leave with big money deals. Neither of them took those offers. They tweeted out H2P and they stuck with it. Pat Narduzzi does seem to have a strong culture around his football team of guys that want to play here, guys that want to play for this university and fight forward. You see how they're talking about it on social media. I'm interested to see whoever feels the, takes the field for the Panthers, how they play this year. I think they're going to be a tough team to beat, even without Addison. All right, Doug, final word. Follow up on my music reference. How about Guns N' Roses? Patience. <laughs> Fans and media and sometimes owners do not have it. We all want to see O'Neal cruise up to the majors. But right now, it's best for O'Neal and the Pirate organization to have some patience. At this time, he's batting 188 with one homer in 18 games at AAA Altoona. If you bring him up too soon, it will tr crush his confidence and stunt his development. So give this guy time because we are, Buccos aren't going in the playoff race now. Give him time to develop and he will come into his own. All right, Tim, final word. I think I covered 19 of the 21 drafts that Kevin Colbert had, and I never saw even close to that kind of emotion that he showed upon his retirement with Mike Tomlin at the dais yesterday. And uh, it really did mean a lot to see how much the career meant to Kevin Colbert with the Pittsburgh Steelers and what he said about adding to those four Super Bowl trophies. You could tell how much it meant to him as a Pittsburgh guy to have done that, to have continued the legacy, and even maybe a tinge of, I wish I could have even added more. But Kevin Colbert deserves all the applause in the world for what he did to do what he talked about, which is adding to what was already a great legacy on the south side and at Three Rivers and into Heinz Field. All right. Here. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, so about that draft, the picket pick is intriguing to say the least. We're going to find out in the not-so-distant future if it works out on the field, at least I immediately. But in the meantime, this pick has created a buzz around here like none other in recent memory. Everybody is talking about the Steelers' number one pick, and that's a great thing. But the Steelers have many other challenges, as we've talked about tonight. In particular, defensively, well, first of all, they have the okay. Bengals, Ravens, and Browns, but specifically defense. They, that run defense, which was terrible last season, even with a good passing attack, Steelers football means running the ball, 
and shutting down the opponent's run. Three months to figure it out, the training camp. That's the final word for tonight. Have a good night.